Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 20 verses 1. The Bible says, And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. Ben-Hadad had power in his day that he subdued all thirty-two kingdoms under him, that he had thirty-two kings with him. He went subduing kingdoms until thirty-two kings submitted to him. That's how powerful this fellow was. He was mighty. Somebody say he was mighty. He subdued kingdoms upon kingdoms until 32, 32 kings were following one man. 32 kings were following one man. That is powerful. Somebody say amen. Now, the Bible says, He sent messengers to Ahab, the king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver, thy gold, thy wives, thy children, even the goodliest are mine. Now, and the king of Israel, which was Ahab, the Bible says, he answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. And the messengers came again and said, Thus speaketh Ben-Hadad, saying, Although I have sent unto thee, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver, thy gold, thy wives, and thy children, and yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hand and take it away. And then the king of Israel called the elders. Now you're hearing it. Eh? The guy tells him, your gold is mine, your silver is mine, your children are mine, your wives are mine. Yes, sir, they're yours. That means they were in possession. Of Ben-Hadad any time. He, he could use the children of Ahab. He could use the wives of Ahab. He could use the gold of Ahab. He could use the silver of Ahab. Everything was in his hands. Are you following me? Now it tells him more than that. I'm going to send my young boys to come to you tomorrow. When they come, they are going to search your house and everywhere else. Whatever they like. That even you, you like. Give it to them and they put it in their bag and bring it to me. I, did you hear what that just said? So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, he said, I pray you and see how this man seeketh mischief. For he sent unto me for my wives and my children and for my silver and for my gold and I denied him not. That means he was ready to send everything that they asked for him and he delivered and the next verse says, And the elders and all the people said unto him, Hearken not unto him, no consent. Wherefore he said unto the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king that thou didst send for thy servant at first, and I will do. But this thing I may not. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. Now, this is how kings of long ago used to take territory. If you don't want to fight, eh, you just tell a guy, I own everything of yours. Confess. You own everything of mine. Ah, okay, cool. Now I'm sending young men tomorrow to come also and pick everything they want there. Now there's a bigger problem. Okay, I'd agreed that all these things are yours. But now you're even sending people to me to come and deplete of everything that I find beautiful. So that's why he goes to the elders and tells them. And the elders tell the guy, ah, 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 ah. do not hearken unto that man, no consent. And they say, wherefore, he said unto the messengers of Ben-Hadad, that is him now telling the messengers of Ben-Hadad, tell my lord the king, and all that thou didst send for to thy servant at first I will do, but this thing I may not do. Praise the Lord. 
And the messengers departed and brought Ben-Hadad word. Then Ben-Hadad sent unto him and said, The gods do so unto me and more, if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for handfuls for all the people that follow me. Direct translation. If by tomorrow morning or the time I attack you, Samaria will not be left for only dust. That means I'm going to destroy everything. Praise God. And the next verse says, And the king answered and said, Tell him, let not him that guardeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it off. Did you hear that? Let not him that guardeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it off. The king said, one who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. That was the message that reached who? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it came to pass, when Ben-Hadad had his message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilion, that he said unto his servants, set yourself in array, and they set themselves in array against the city. Somebody shout, hallelujah. Are you following the story? They want to take his wives. They want to take his children. They want to take his gold. They want to take his silver. And... When a man is desperate, he would rather preserve the life of his family than kill it because he has refused to submit it. For any man of household, you know, if you want to touch him, you touch his own. And more so his blood. This was his wives and his children. And Ben-Hadad had told Ahab, I own all those things. And the man said, okay, granted. Now tomorrow I'm also going to come in your house. If I find a nice flat screen TV, I'll pick it. If there is a very nice mobile phone, that's mine. You understand? Anything I want, I'm going to come for it tomorrow. I'm going to send boys. So he tells the boys, no, you go in that guy's household. Everything that you enjoy, just speak. Don't talk to him. Don't waste time. Now, it got to the heart of Ahab. He had to call the elders. and said, no, this is too much. This is too much. Now, I also want to submit to you that if you're a reader of the Bible and a reader of the story of Ahab, you will realize that Ahab was wicked. He had already crafted wickedness in his heart against God. He was already a wicked ruler. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He had wickedness. But the Lord had not sentenced judgment upon the life of Ahab in spite of his wickedness. And because the Lord had not sentenced judgment on the life of Ahab in spite of his wickedness, it disturbs the mind of Ahab to hear that there is a man who is ready to take everything that he owns because he has enough power and enough resources and enough armies than the armies that Ahab has. So Ahab knows that even though I have my wickedness with God, at least I've not had the voice of the Lord judge me to say that these kings are coming as a word of the Lord spoken to destroy my life like he spake in the forefathers in the lives of the Jeroboam. He says, no, 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 no. The kings of Israel, before the Lord destroyed them, he came and judged them openly. In fact, later, if you go in 20 and 21, you realize at that particular point he kills Naboth through his wife Jezebel, and then they take Naboth's vine. You remember the story? And later on, the prophet of the Lord comes and now judges Ahab because of his wickedness. And then he tells him how he will die. He tells him how Jezebel will die. And that was the beginning of the end of Ahab as he had been known. Because the prophet of the Lord passed judgment as the Lord had given it on his heart because of the wickedness of Ahab. But before the Lord had judged Ahab, Ahab knew that he had a plea before God. This was before God had judged him. Yes, the scriptures before tell us that the man was wicked, but God had not yet judged him. Are you hearing me? And then the man remembers that he has a covenant with God. And he says, wait a minute. God tell that fellow that he that guardeth himself with a harness, let him not boast like he who takes it off. Directly translating, when you put on an armor, it means that you're going for war. When you put it off, it means that you're finished and you're a victor. Now, Ahab is telling Ben-Hadad that you who has not yet begun this war, don't boast like the one who has had victory over the war. All right, you understand what I'm saying? You have not yet begun the war. 
and you're boasting already how God should do unto me whatever they should. If tomorrow by tomorrow, I will not have destroyed Samaria. You see, I'm going to do those things. He even went drinking. And then he tells a young group of guys, uh -uh, prepare yourself. We're going to seize those guys. He became so boastful. Ben-Hadad became so boastful in his might and ability because he knew the number of people that he had versus the number of people that who? Ahab had. Are you following? So Ahab is telling him, look, you have just begun and you want to enter into a battle. Do not boast like a man who has put off his armor. Don't boast like a man who has finished the war. We've not even yet started. Don't boast. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now the scriptures tell us, if we are to continue, and Ahab, verses 12, and it came to pass when Ben-Hadad had this message, he was drinking, and he and the kings in the pavilions that he said unto his servants, set yourselves in array, and they set themselves in array against the city. And behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, the king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Has thou seen all this multitude? He says, Behold, I will deliver it into thine hand this day, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. You see how big those guys are? Yeah, today I'm going to give them to you. Somebody say hallelujah. Such that you will know that I am God. This was a prophet to the man of God, who yes had what wickedness, but God had not yet judged. Underline. Praise God. And because Ahab knows that the judgment of God has not been passed upon his life, he can cling to the covenant. He knows he has a covenant with God. He is a child of Israel. He is the king of God's people. Somebody shout hallelujah. And now the next verse says, And Ahab said, By whom? And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Even by the young men of the princes of the provinces. Then he said, Who shall order the battle? And he answered, you are the guy going to lead it. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then he numbered the young men of the princes of the province and they were 232. And after then he numbered all the people, even all the children of Israel being 7,000. And they went out at noon. But Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the pavilions. He and the kings, the 32 kings that helped him, he was already getting drunk. No, he knows that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, praise God. And the young men of the princes of the province went out first, and Ben-Hadad sent out, and they told him, saying, there are men that have come out from Samaria. They told him that the guys from the camp of Ahab have come to attack. You see how pompous, see how arrogant this fellow is. The next verse says, and he said, whether they come out for peace, take them alive. Whether they come out for war, take them alive. As in, don't even kill them. You don't need to fight. They are too weak. Just get them alive and bring them here. Bring them. Praise God. This is how proud this fellow was. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, And so these young men of the prince came out of the city, and the army which followed them. And verse 20 says, They slew every one his man, and the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with a horseman. And the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and chariots and slew the Syrians a great slaughter. Because they opened war on a child of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let not him that guardeth himself with a harness boast as one which putteth it off. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I asked the Holy Spirit, why does Ahab quote a proverb to Ben-Hadad? Why does Ahab quote a proverb to Ben-Hadad? In the literal sense, like I said, it means if you have not yet won the battle, don't boast like one who has fought. But in the spiritual sense, men with covenants... <laughs> ah. Okay, let me read for you something. Tell somebody I have a covenant. Say again and say I have a covenant. Let me read for you something. In 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verses 6, a story is given of Jonathan. 
Jonathan one time was with the camp. His father was slightly off. And then he had a servant of his. And the Bible says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come, let us go unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. Uncircumcised. Use the word uncircumcised. That means, let's go and attack guys who are not under the same covenant with us. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Jonathan, Israel knew that it's not about how many armies you have. It's not about how many rich people are on your side. It's not about how much education you carry. It's not about how many connections you have in government. It's not about how many deals are on your table. It's not about who is on your favor and who isn't. It's not about how many guns you have. No, he knew that God can save by few like he can save by many. All a man needs is a covenant and we have one. Somebody sound hallelujah. He says we have a covenant. Let's go and attack those guys. They are uncircumcised. You see how the Israelites used to think? They never used to think numbers. They never used to think army and strength. And that is why I want to deliver some of you. Who have put your lives to some people's sake and mercy. If this person doesn't do this, I will not go ahead. If he doesn't help me, I will not succeed. If he doesn't, oh mama, if she doesn't come through, I am gone. You're my helper in time of need. Please sister Rachel, help me. Listen, God serves by covenant. If they'll help you, wonderful. If they refuse to help you, wonderful. Somebody shout hallelujah. If they'll come through for you, wonderful. If they don't come through for you, it is still okay. Praise the Lord, somebody. If they'll give you the job, wonderful. If they don't give you the job, that's okay. If he marries you, wonderful. If he doesn't marry you, still wonderful. Because all things work together for good. For them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When did it get about men? When was it about that cousin? When was it about that uncle? When did God tell you that I can only use him? No. He said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Yay! If she doesn't want to help you, that's her problem. God does not save by many. And neither does he save by few. He saves by the covenant that you have by him. Some of you are pleading with people as if they are your lifeline. Please, if, if you take away this from me. Oh, no. Tell somebody, God is God and man is man. The Bible says if you trust the arm of flesh, it will surely fail you. Some of you, your trust is in that uncle of yours in America. Did you get this? When he dies, you say, ah, now my education is over. <laughs> Why? My uncle died. The one who was educating me. If they die, sorry. But when it comes to fees, my God shall supply all my needs. This is what I learned about God. If he should use a man, you don't have to struggle for it. If he should use a man, you don't have to convince them. If he should use a man, you don't have to put on makeup. No. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't have to walk a certain way. If it is yours, it is yours. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. If it is not yours, yours is coming and it is better. Tell your neighbor, be free from people. Tell him again and say, be free from men. If God uses him, wonderful. If he doesn't, Maintain that attitude. Some of you men have become your gods. Oh, you know you are my source. You know you are the one. Please reconsider. Please think again. <laughs> no, 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 no. The blessing of God maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. 
Maybe you're struggling because it's not yours. Maybe you're struggling because it's not supposed to come your way. Auntie, you're quoting things that are not scriptural. You know, things are not easy. Hard work pays. The covenant pays. <laughs> I returned under the sun. And I realized that the race was not to the... Neither the battle to the men which are strong. Neither bread to the men which are wise. Neither riches to men with understanding. But he says, but time and chance. He says, happens to them all. Somebody shout hallelujah. The race is not to the swift. The race is not to the swift. Tell your neighbor the race is not to the swift. Yes, I know I didn't have education like you did, but the race is not to the swift. Yes, I know I don't have the connections that you have, but the race is not to the... I might not be your choice, but the race is not to the swift. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, this was... You see, let me say a mystery. Essent wisdom is the ultimate depth of present knowledge. It's the ultimate depth of present knowledge. Essent wisdom. That is why when we're growing up, we respected and still do respect old men. Because those people know too much. A man can make a statement, but when he has seen something, then you might think, oh, oh, what is this man saying? No, the old man has seen something. You understand what I'm saying? That's why they used to tell us, listen to your parents. There will be instances in this life where you might start counting how many armies you have on your side to define how much victory you will have. Some of you, you might be pushed in situations where you're looking at how many books you've read to determine how many jobs you'll get. Some of you, you might be pushed to determine how many connections that you have for you to think that this is the reason why the deal will come through. Please be delivered. God does not save by many, neither by few. He is not limited by the numbers or the connections. He saves by the covenant, by the faith that you have toward him. I'm talking to that person, when you look at yourself, you don't equal to the task. When you look at yourself, you don't equal to the job. When you look at yourself, you don't equal to the responsibility. When you look at yourself, you don't equal to the career. When you look at yourself, you don't equal to the English. You don't equal, you don't equal, you don't equal. Not that the sufficiencies of us, as of to think of anything by us. But it says, but the sufficiency is of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I feel like dancing. Woo! Blessed be the God who knew that you did not need many armors. Blessed be the God who knew. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Jonathan said to the armor bearer, come now, let's go across these uncircumcised pagans. God will work for us. And there is no rule that says God can only deliver by using a bit gummy. No one can stop God from serving when he sets his mind to it. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Now, the next verse says, come on, his armor bearer said, go ahead, do what you think best, I'm with you all the way. And the next verse says, Jonathan said, here's what we'll do. We'll cross over the path and let these men see we are there. And he says, if they say, halt, don't move until we check you out, we'll stay put and not go up. But if they say, come up, we'll go right up and we'll know that God has given them to us. That will be our sign. Jonathan even set a sign. These are two men. One to him and his servants. There are many guys up there. But on a board they say, why don't we kill uncircumcised guys? Jonathan did not consider the armory. He did not consider the army. He did not consider the ability of the strength of his body. Or his ability to fight. No. He just remembered that he was a man under covenant. And there were enemies just across without a covenant. And he said... Why don't we go and kill and circumcise boys? The guy says, is that what you feel? Yes, let's go. And as they're walking, he says, we'll cross. When they see us from afar, we'll just cross like this. And he told his servant, and God is going to give them to us. This is the sign. If they tell us, stay there, we shall wait for them and kill them. But if they call us, that is the sign that God has given them to us already. 
Now, the servant of Jonathan is learning mysteries. So he walks with Jonathan. Are you following me? When they walked together at a particular point, the Bible says, next verse, so they did it, and the two of them, they are two, two, woo, two. Now, the Bible says, they stepped into the open where they could be seen by the Philistine garrison. Do you know like the garrison, army? So they are stepping like, <laughs> but listen the Philistines shouted and look look at that the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes now the Bible says next verse so then they yelled down to Jonathan and his arm bearer come up here we've got a thing or two to show you that was a bait Jonathan shouted to his arm bearer up follow me follow me God has turned them over to Israel follow just come we are two don't worry now what do you think these boys are expecting they are seeing two loose guys who are from holes, maybe crawling a little, and they're like, Bambi. So they are waiting to show them something. And this guy says, Shh, God has given them to us. You come. We are dealing with uncircumcised pagans. Praise God. And the Bible says, And Jonathan scrambled up on all fours, his arm bare right in his heels. When the Philistines came running up to them, he knocked them down flat. His armor bearer, right behind him, finishing them off, bashing their heads with stones. In this first bloody encounter, Jonathan, those two boys, and his armor bearer killed about 20 men with stones. Stones. Underline stones. Because we are coming later back to the stones. Now, the Bible says, and then that set of a terrific upheaval in the, both the camp and the field. And the soldiers in the garrison and the raiding squad badly shaken up. The ground itself started shaking and panic like you've never seen before. As in, you know what happened? Wait, oh, no, no, you don't get it. Give me the KJV. The KJV says, and there was a trembling in the host in the field. And among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled. And the earth started quaking. So it was a very great trembling. And the next verse says, and the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin, look, that was a, a beautiful oath. And behold, the multitude melted away. And they went on beating down one another, running. And then Saul said unto the people that were with him, number now and see. Who is gone from us? And when they had numbered, behold, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. Saul realized that two boys put an army to flee. <laughs> two guys like this. This one's one to fight Jonathan his boy. He says, no, let's go. These are uncircumcised guys. Let's just go beat them. Now imagine your soul, and they're telling you your son has put to flee a whole garrison of Philistine armies because they're uncircumcised and they're all running. And literally, when they kill the 20, God enjoys the pattern, starts shaking the ground. <laughs> oh, he started shaking. Go, 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 go. Why is he shaking? This is a covenant issue. Somebody said, Hallelujah. Tell somebody HIV can't kill. Cancer cannot kill. That is why I feel sorry for those who are against you. Listen. Don't be intimidated. They don't have a covenant. Oh, okay. Simply put, Satan has no covenant with God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Stop fearing. Stop fearing. Remove fear out of your spirit. When you have a covenant, you remove fear out of your spirit. You look at 10,000 men and ask yourself, how do we kill them? They come, we go to them. Because you know. Stones. Stones. First Samuel chapter 17 verses 33. You remember David? Again a Philistine called Goliath of Gath. He's shaking the children of Israel. 
And there's a shepherd boy who has brought bread for his brothers. And they tell him there is a guy. He's shaking everyone. The king said if you kill him, he'll give you his daughter, everything. And if you read the scripture, you realize when David went to Saul, he told him, uh-uh, my king, let this issue not trouble you. I'll finish it. 17 years old. Praise God. He says, master, say David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go and fight this guy. Don't give up. This is a guy encouraging the king. Don't give up. Don't. So, Praise God. Go back to the KJV. So he says, and then Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Are you seeing that? You, you're a youth. This one has been a fighter from his youthful age. He told him you can't handle this. This is so big for you. And the next verse says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant, now he went to the covenant and the testimony of what God had done through him. He says, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and I smote him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, he says, I caught him by his beard, and I smote and slew him. And he says, And I did that both for the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Tell somebody it's a covenant issue. That is why I can't be broke. It's a covenant issue. That is why I can't fail. It's a covenant issue. That is why I don't fall sick. It's a covenant issue. That is why they cannot bewitch me. It is a covenant issue. That is why these things can't fail. Me, I can't fail. If you have time for failure, hey, me, tell your neighbor, I can't fail. I am under a covenant. The Bible says you have come unto Zion, to the city of God, to the company of innumerable angels. The Bible says to the heavenly Jerusalem. And it says the next verse, and to general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and Jesus, to Jesus, who is the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Jesus is the mediator. He's the guy in the middle. Between me and the covenant. When I look at him, I see the covenant. When he looks at me, he looks at the covenant. When God is dealing with you, he deals with you according to the covenant. How can you fail? Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's go back to the story. The devil is a liar and his mother-in-law. Now, the next verse says, David said, Moreover, the Lord has delivered me out of the paw of a lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Now, of course, Saul did not know that the boy had testimonies. Some of you, if you look at yourselves, I don't know why you start to fear now. When you were lifted from the paw of lions and bears. And now in 2018 you still fear those that hate you. Some of you, you just need to look back five years ago. And see what God did through you and for you. At that point when you knew that you could not go through. And he still made a way. Come on somebody, tell somebody I have a testimony. Don't be misled by what you see. Tell somebody I have a testimony. Do not be misled by what you see. Tell them I'm not crying. My eyes are just sweating. Hey! <laughs> somebody shout hallelujah. 
<laughs> Praise God. The next verse says, And the Lord delivered me out of that pole. He'll deliver me from the hand of his Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Interesting story. Saul armed David with his armor because he realized every man going for war needs what? An armor. And he put the helmet of brass upon his head and also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David guarded his sword upon his armor and he has said to go, but he had not proved it. Eh? He hadn't tested it. He had tested a covenant God who would kill lions and bears. And now they are giving him something he had not proved. He says, and David said unto Saul, I cannot go with this. For I have not proved them. And David put off the armor. Eh, 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 eh. Do you see? Ahab telling Ben-Hadad, let not him. You remember what <laughs> you, rem you remember what, what, what Ahab told Ben-Hadad? Let not him that guardeth himself with a harness. Busters, one that taketh it off. There is a man who doesn't need an armor. There is a man who doesn't need an army. There is a man who doesn't have connections. He has God. Somebody shout hallelujah. No. We didn't build Fanero because we had networks. We did not have buildings. Our fathers were not pastors. We are not second generation of inherited ministry. No. We began from scratch with God. And he that began a good work in you, he will see it to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, you, Fanero. Uh, uh, no, we have an army. You keep your army. I got God. Somebody shout hallelujah. You have, keep your everything. Me, I have what? God. The same God that gets a goita out. That unwraps the fibroids. He will unwrap you for me. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I realized what was a proverb to Ahab was revelation to David. You didn't get what I just said. What was a proverb to Ahab, to Ben-Hadad, was a revelation to David. And this is something interesting. Ben-Hadad means son of Hadad. Hadad meant mighty. He was the god of might. He was an idol of Edom. You understand what I'm saying? Or are you getting the mystery? The idol of Edom, God called Hadad. This is the son of Hadad. And Hadad means might. And he's an idol. That means he was false might. Deceptive power. Somebody shout hallelujah. Did you just get it? So, deceptive power. Deceptive might. That thing that lies to you, I'll kill you. I'll consume you. Me, I told you. Me, I, I have an army. I have connections. I have this. And I'll destroy you because I have this. Because I have that. Look at this. Can you match this? Th that is the issue we are dealing with here. We are dealing with the things that some of you look at and they make you lose sleep and appetite. Yet you have a God. All power is from the Lord. Now, the Bible tells us that he took his stuff in his hand and like the testimony of Jonathan he chose five smooth stones <laughs> out of the brook what does the brook represent water what does water represent the spirit what do the stones represent? The five stones. Grace. <laughs> Woo, yeah, yeah. So when a man of grace draws from the spirit. And he put them in the shepherd's bag. 
which he had in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew to the Philistine. And the Bible says, and the Philistine came and drew near to David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. The Bible didn't forget to say, but handsome, you see? Now, the Bible says, and the Philistine said unto David, am I a dog? Yes, you are. <laughs> He says, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cast David by his gods, small ones. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. Do you see that false confidence? You remember again even last time in Jonathan's story? Come. This one also. Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Meaning... Because of overconfidence, he gives you the first shot. And you know why you get the first shot? Such so that in the battle you don't get wounded. Oh, we fought, we overcame, but I have a swollen eye. Ngaha, no. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, And then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear, with connections, with a shield, with networks and guys who have money. And the Bible says, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And the Bible says, and this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host for the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth will know that there is a capital G in Israel. And all his assembly shall know that the Lord serveth again, not with sword, not with spear, not with arrow, not with friends, not with connections, not with numbers, not with education, not with networks. But who am I helping? Let it sink in your head. When you go for war, don't look at how many are fighting with you. Uh-uh. Look for who is in you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even when Elisha says many are at our side than the ones that are on their side, they were the invisible ones. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the next verse says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands, our hands. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew a nigh to meet David. And David hasted, ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Now, I want you to understand the Philistine is here. There's an army behind. There's a 17-year-old boy running. You, you don't get it. There's 150,000 men. There's a ginormous guy who is above all the 150,000 men. And there's a 17-year-old guy running with stones and a slingshot because he knows he has a covenant. Imagine for a second. Imagine for a second. And David put his hand in his bag while he's running. Took thence a stone, slung it, and smote the Philistine in his head that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face to the ground. A running person cannot have precision to hit a forehead. This was not the precision on the hand of a man. This was the covenant on the man's hand. That even if David was running that way and he got a slingshot and did like this, it would still land somewhere. <laughs> It is not the precision of the runner. It's the covenant on his hand. And he killed him. Because he knew the covenant he had. Somebody shout hallelujah. Do you remember in Exodus... Chapter 13, verses 17, when the Bible says that the Lord led not the children of Israel into the world. You remember, how many of you know that it was 12-day journey from the crossing of the river to the promised land? It was 12-day journey if the children of Israel had used the land of the Philistine. How many of you know that? 
that it was about 12 or 13 day journey. But what was supposed to be a 12 or 13 day journey became a 40 year journey because they feared the 12 day. Why? They were Philistines. Again, we are dealing with Philistines. Now, it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, least peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now, I want to show you something very interesting. I want to show you something very interesting. God wanted to take these guys through a 12-day journey into the promised land. But God knew, God revealed to Moses. That's why Moses didn't say, God led us not. No, he says he led them not. That means Moses knew how to fight Philistines. But the people he was dealing with were indifferent. And he says he led them not through the way of the Philistines, even if it was near. For peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. This is how much powerful fear is. That the people who prayed to cross the sea, they prayed, God, they are going to kill us and God separated water. Moses says that by fear they would go back to Egypt. That means they were going to find a way to cross through waters that they did not have faith for when they were being chased. That's how much fear can do. Fear does miracles. Men can run faster than dogs when they are scared. There are people here who can say, I can't run. Bring something they fear. You will see speed. You can't imagine it's coming out of some people. Now, the Bible tells us in the next verse that, but God led the people, listen, about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Now read this. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Have you seen the harness come back again? Are you getting it? That means when they crossed Egypt, they imagined they have enemies. When they imagined that they could meet enemies, all of them started putting on themselves armors. And when Moses sees the armor, and then he sees the Philistines, he knows they are going to lose the war. Because they did not cross the Red Sea because they had an armor. They crossed the Red Sea because they had a covenant. And after crossing the Red Sea, they're now here putting harnesses on themselves, and Moses realizes if these guys go, when they see war, because they'll have lesser weapons and lesser armory than the children of the Philistines, they'll turn back and run back to Egypt because they still think it's an armor issue. If God has gotten you out of Egypt and is taking you to the promised land, you don't need an armor in the wilderness. The same God who began that work in your life in Egypt, he will see into the promised land without the hand of a man or your own power and strength. And that is the ministry of grace. God is trying to tell you, I gave this thing to you by grace. I gave it to you because I have a covenant with you. I have imputed righteousness upon your life. I love you the way you are because I began it this way. Don't ever think that in the middle there you're going to put armors on yourself and think that I'll protect you with the Philistine. No, I know how to deal with Philistine. It has always been a covenant issue. It is a covenant issue and it will always be a covenant issue. Your mediator is before you. Believe and trust in him. God will see you through. Before you got that job, you knew nobody. You think that by getting this job, somebody has to get you through. No. Like you did not know anybody and I put you on that altar. I'll still get the altar and put you up anyway. You came from far. I got you from far. Even to bring you here. If somehow you made it without any explanation, you will still make it without human explanation. I who began a good work in you, I'll see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I am the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. I am your banner. Jehovah Nisi, Shama. I'm everywhere. I'm El Shaddai. I was at the beginning. I'm in the middle and I'll be with you to the end. I am God. Trust me. You have a covenant. Just trust me. God is saying just trust They've crossed the waters without an armory. After crossing the waters, they put on an armor. And God is saying, wait a minute. 
Did I save you from that great sea because you had weapons? Did I save you from that great sea because the armor you're putting on could make you float? I separated that water. And when the Egyptians assailed to do it, I drowned them. This is the same way I'll take you from that wilderness story and take you to the promised land. Now, there's a shortcut here and you're going to go before the Philistines with a silly mentality of thinking that they are a bigger army and they have bigger armory. If you trust me, take off the armor. If you trust me, take off the armor. If you trust me, Write that guy a text message tonight and tell him I love you, but this time I have to choose between you and God. I know you pay my rent. I know that you pay my fees. I know that you buy me shoes and clothes, but between you and God, you're not my armor. You're not my source. Chuck the guy tonight. I don't know who I'm talking to. If there's a form of compromise on your life, because there are people who you think without them you can be nothing. Text them tonight and tell him tonight I went for service and I realized that you've been my armory, you've been my harness, my protector, you've been my gun and my rent. But from today, brother, I'm out. You will see what the Lord will do. You will see what the Lord will do. How many women are giving their bodies for men because they have to pay for them rent? How many boys are selling their bodies short because they have to give you... Oh, God. Chuck him tonight. Don't even sleep with it. Uh, 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 uh. No, 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 no. Don't, don't sleep with it. Listen to me. Don't sleep with it. How do you get an uncircumcised man and tell him, I love you? Uncircumcised! Tonight, tell him, boss, I can't unequal a yoke. No, no, no. God has become better. He is better than you. Honor God. Tell your neighbor, honor God. You're compromising at your workplace. Because you fear they'll fire you. You know they are doing something wrong at your workplace. And you're compromising. Oh, if I say anything, they'll fire me. Listen. Let them fire you. But you can't be a part of a stupid decoy. If they fire you, let them fire you. You have God. Live with the badge of persecution of honor and say, look. When they wanted me to take those millions, I looked aside and said, uh-uh. I got God. You'll be all right. Tell somebody I have a covenant. <laughs> Rain, Jesus, you reign. You reign, Jesus, you reign. King of Zion, Lion of Truth. Backs were against the road, and it looked as if it was over. You sing it like it's already done. So we're standing here. Sing now, we're standing here.
circumstances change let your finances change let your relationship change let your education change let your understanding change and everything in between because you have embraced tonight that you're a child of a covenant you're not strengthened by the hands of men you're not upheld by the lives of people you're not uplifted by the arm of flesh God Jehovah is your story He's your answer. He's the lifter of your head. He's your righteousness. He's your peace. He's your glory. He's your breakthrough. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He that began a good work in you, he shall see to accomplishment to the day of Christ. I decree and I declare that you will not fail. You will not falter. You will not go backward. You go upward only. There might be people in your life that seem like they were like your lifeline. Tonight that lifeline ends and it dies in the name of Jesus. And God becomes your lifeline, your answer, your strength, your breakthrough and your story. You don't need a man or anybody in this world to help you. And those that the Lord shall send, they shall not be a struggle. You'll not struggle to convince them. You'll not struggle to plead with them. They shall not be uncircumcised. No, they will agree with the covenant that you believe in. I decree and I declare that all things are working together for good because you love the Lord and are called according to your purposes. There are doors you're going to enter that no man can open for you except God. He's going to cause people to remember you. He's going to cause those who matter to remember your name, to lose sleep and appetite to remember you. They will lose peace in everything they will do because they must bless you. They're not coming by the hand of the evil one. They are coming by God. And that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. God promotes you. God increases you. 
God upholds you. God heals you. If you're sick, I rebuke that spirit of infirmity and disease. If you have a clutch, I want you to try to walk right now without it. That spirit of infirmity. God heals you in the mighty name of Jesus. God heals in the name of Jesus. Whatever swelling there is, whatever affliction is on your life, God heals you. God sets you free. God delivers you. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Shout and say it is done for me. Shout and say it is done for me. Shout and say it is done for me. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall. With your power. You perform me. There is nothing. <laughs> that's impossible. So I'm standing Some of you, blood diseases have been healed. Deaf ears are opening. Blind eyes are seeing. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, come and receive him now. If you say tonight, I want to receive the Lord as my savior. Come and receive that covenant. Everything we have said, is for people who have received the covenant. Tonight I want you to come and receive that covenant tonight. If you say I have been hearing this word. But now I need to come under that power. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He died and shed his blood for you. Come on help them come here. You perform me. Impossible. Never standing in only because you made away. Come on, come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you say tonight I want God, tonight I want to receive that life, tonight I want to enter that covenant. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. a covenant tonight. You're entering a covenant tonight. Hallelujah. Listen. Put up your hands. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say Jesus. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died and rose again for me. Tonight, I receive you and your life. I enter a new covenant by you. I will not fail. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.